This is the John Oakley Show podcast. It is a great day for talk radio, and uh, you can almost feel the air of anticipation as we get closer to the polls closing. <laughs> well, 9.30 tonight. And then, you know, uh, West, uh, this is the the real interesting development for me is the fact that this would be a cliffhanger into, uh, well, the late hours as the West will play a role in determining, uh, you know, minority, the size of the minority, potential majority. Uh, heretofore, it's been a case of, you know, by the time you get out to Rainy River on the Manitoba border, it's like finite, you know, bonsoir le visite, everything is done. And so uh, hopefully it doesn't play out that way, uh, but rather we get, you know, the full compendium of the country and the different regions voting. Although it seems like, you know, what the pollsters have been telling us and uh, how it looks, the West... Uh, will certainly not be represented by too many progressive votes. And uh, therein lies a dilemma. We were listening last hour to Omar Khan, representing on the Liberals, saying that, uh, well, the progressive vote uh, looks like it's now coalescing around a liberal, rather healthy minority, and with Jugmeet Singh and the rest uh, to be the sway vote there, it uh, may be problematic for the interests of the folks in Alberta. Let's find out how this is going to play out. Daniel Smith has joined us on the line, Global News and Talk Radio host at CHQR in Calgary. Daniel, good to have you on the Oakley Show here in Toronto. Good afternoon. Paul, my pleasure, John, and thank you for caring about the folks in Alberta. I think a lot of people feel like this campaign has been one of each party leader, or at least the progressive parties, campaigning against Alberta to win votes elsewhere. It's been so devastating to national unity, and I think those who, who haven't been actively campaigning against Alberta seem to be actively ignoring its its issues. And so I'm, I'm glad to hear that uh, you think that there might be some problems if we end up with a, an NDP holding the balance of power after this election. Well, you know, uh, I've always been very sympathetic to the West. In fact, uh, there are still a few of us here in this readout, uh, which is, you know, Fortress Toronto, a liberal bastion, that still believe, you know, the, the whole country counts for something and the economy of this country in large measure is propped up by uh, the vitality of of our resource sector, and uh, so, boy, I'll tell you, there's a lot at stake here, and you're there in the immediate, a stakeholder. You know, just what you said, though, is interesting, because last hour, uh, our liberal friend Omar Khan was suggesting that, well, Rachel Notley came out and endorsed Jugmeet Singh, which suggests that Jugmeet would be on side with, uh, on side with getting the pipeline built, and therefore don't have to fear that he would uh, keep the oil in the ground. He'd you know, go along with Justin Trudeau. We paid $4.5 billion for it. It will get built. Do you see that rosy scenario? I'm hoping that's the case. I've talked to a number of people in the energy sector who would agree with that assessment. There really isn't at this point a way for the Trans Mountain expansion to be cancelled except for with a proactive measure in Parliament to cancel it because all of the decision-making has been done. It's in the the hands of of a sort of private crown corporation and they're moving along making the decisions. There's bumps along the way with permitting and, and the courts, but they would actively have to pass a motion to stop things. That would be perilous. Because I think, number one, in British Columbia, and I think across the country, the majority of people want to see it built. Number two, we've got a uh, project reconciliation, which is a group of First Nations wanting to to buy 50% or more of it. And so it's an excellent project from a reconciliation point of view. And Albertans would be furious because 
I think in when you look at um, Elizabeth May, she she wants to make sure there are no additional pipelines built ever, including Trans Mountain. And uh, Jagmeet Singh has been a, a little less clear on his position. It may well be because Rachel Notley has lobbied him that he has to be a bit more nuanced in his critique. But the other the other side of that is he is in the riding. He just chose to run in Burnaby, which is the the constituency in the country that is most opposed to Trans Mountain. So he's going to be getting all the angry emails, all the protests. He's going to have a lot of pressure. It's going to be difficult for him to make the right decision because of just the dynamics in his own riding. We're hopeful that he will make the right decision if that comes to it. And he has to put his conditions on the table that cancelling Trans Mountain won't be one of the conditions. But I don't think anyone in Alberta is breathing easy until we start seeing some, some major construction proceeding. Again with Danielle Smith, Global News and Talk Radio host for CHQR in Calgary. Well, listen, uh, you know, the thing is, how did, you, how did the folks out west, and yourself included, feel about Justin Trudeau appealing to Quebec voters, specifically pitting basically Quebec's interests or, you know, their lack of interest in seeing the pipeline built against Alberta? Uh, well, we, it's, it's kind of shocking when you see that he, he says, seems to say one thing when he's in Western Canada and another thing during the election campaign in Quebec. I mean, he has when he is out in Western Canada, he talks about the balance between um, developing our resources and protecting the environment. But he during the in Quebec, he talked about the oil barons that were funding the conservatives and. And so, uh, and so this is, I think, one of the things that has been noticed during this campaign is that Alberta's interests seem to be sacrificed in order to win seats regionally. I can't imagine that we'd see this anywhere else. I can't imagine that you would see any party leader say, we've got to shut down Ontario's auto sector by 2030, no compromises. Or we've got to shut down Quebec aerospace industry and Bombardier by 2030. It, it's, I think, shocking to us that a $120 billion industry, that, that politicians could be so cavalier about uh, act, acting as if it could be shut down without consequences. There'll be massive consequences. It can't be done. And it's cynical to try to win votes that way. Well, Danielle, is there any way the West can be reconciled or ameliorated at this point? It seems like there's uh, damage that's so deep and profound. Uh, I mean, if the case scenario of a liberal minority uh, and uh, the swing going with the NDP, can the West be uh, appeased at all? I think it can. I think the only what I'm waiting for to see is is if there's some kind of line in the sand drawn on Trans Mountain. And if there isn't, I think that's the beginning of a conversation. I think that we need to do some work in Alberta to understand why the rest of the country hates us so much. I mean, this strategy of campaigning against Alberta wouldn't work if it didn't have some fertile soil. And that's what I think we need to understand. I did a a, a joint broadcast in Hamilton, and someone called in and said, you know, I still have a T-shirt that says, let those eastern creeps and bums freeze in the dark. And that was your premier or your mayor who said that. And I thought, wow, you're you're still mad about something that happened 40 years ago. You're still bearing a grudge. Like, I wasn't even a voting age when, when that whole whole thing went down. And so there's a lot of hurt feelings, I think, because of that, that we've got to figure out a way to get over, um, like get around and, and repair. 
The other thing I think I'm beginning to see some consensus, if not on bitumen transport and bitumen development, at least on natural gas. I mean, when you have even the Liberals, even Catherine McKenna, the environment minister, talking about LNG being part of the strategy to reduce global greenhouse gas emissions by displacing coal in China, then and you, you have John Horgan saying the same thing. And Jason Kenney, our premier, going and visiting Francois Legault in Quebec and getting a commitment that we could do LNG export in Quebec. I, I think that might be the beginning of a consensus. If we can meet some of our environmental goals as well as our economic development goals with natural gas, we, we just might be on track to repairing the country. Well, that was Andrew Shear's big play. I mean, he was the one who really uh, drove that idea, you know, that we're going to replace the dirty coal that's going to China and places like that, coming out of Vancouver, no less. But uh, again, with Daniel Smith, host for CHQR uh, in Calgary on this idea that the West uh, might be, well, I don't want to say disenfranchised, but if there's a liberal minority government and there's no representation out there, I mean, I had the guy Omar Khan saying, well, maybe an independent senator or two could be the voice in the commons for the West. Uh, It would seem like there's a a regional inequities here at least, wouldn't it? It, There there are, but I think that they they can. I mean, here's what, what one thing I, the rest of the country needs to understand is that even though we've made a lot of had a lot have a lot of concern about equalization, I, it's Albertans are very generous. As long as we're doing well, and as long as people are able to get good paying jobs, take care of their families, they the equalization isn't an issue. But when you have this notion that we're going to kill your economy, and by the way, uh, hopefully you're going to keep on uh, paying the bills, that's when that's when I think people get frustrated, and that's I think what what really ended up fanning the flames of uh, Western discontent this last time around. I don't know that uh, Francois Blanchet is doing us any favors as well. The fact that we now have a resurgent bloc in Quebec, which will have its own unity challenges, but to propose equalization be further enhanced so that Quebec would get more out of it and Alberta would be further punished. That's, that's not the kind of thing that's going to lead to unity. No, that's a bitter pill. By the way, I mean, with Greta Thunberg out there on Friday, it was kind of interesting because uh, the convoy that went to meet her in protest, it seemed like they were spelling out some pretty reasonable scenarios saying, look, don't beggar our economy. Understand that we can, you know, maybe transition seamlessly and less painfully. But I mean, this uh, adamant uh, position that, you know, you got to shut everything down. And like you were saying earlier, you wouldn't uh, allow for the automotive to be shut down in Ontario. Well, that would be the other shoe to drop because if they're really going to stay on plan and their agenda within 12 years, otherwise we incinerate, we got to shut all these things down. That I hear from the radical left and the progressives, I guess, uh, with the NDP, some of the sternest voices, which does lead me to wonder if there's still progressive voices that are out there in the West that might upset the apple cart tonight. I mean, uh, it was suggested, you know, Nenshi uh, was going to meet with Greta, and so was Iveson out there in Edmonton. I mean, I don't know. Are there progressive voices out there? Well, I'm looking for progressive moderate voices. I don't know where the moderate environmentalist has gone, because all of this discussion about the Extinction Rebellion and the fact that we're all going to die if we don't get off fossil fuels in 10 years, that is not what the science says. That is not what the IPCC reports say. They, they talk about increased, potential increase in weather events, potential increase in uh, flooding on the coast and rising water levels and how we'd have to adjust to that. But no serious scientist is suggesting that we're 
are going to all die. That's the thing that I find remarkable is how did the most extreme view of extreme environmentalists uh, misrepresenting science become the mainstream view? Where, where, are the, where are the moderates who are looking for some kind of, of answer that doesn't involve destroying our economy? Good question. Uh, and finally, I'm just curious, uh, what's the best or worst case scenario uh, for the West coming out of tonight? I think best case scenario would be a conservative majority. I think I mean, you might find this strange, but the best, second best case scenario might be a liberal majority. I think Justin Trudeau has, has burnt a lot of political capital in trying to keep the Trans Mountain expansion alive. And he, it's cost him a lot. It's cost him a lot of support in British Columbia. It's caused um, his, a portion of his progressive coalition to slide away to both the NDP and the Greens. And uh, I quite frankly can't imagine that um, he would want to cancel that because of all of the political capital that he spent on it. And so, But I think that the chance that it will go ahead is much stronger if he has a majority and doesn't feel he has to placate the, uh, the Greens or the, or the NDs by canceling that line. So, what I, so that's what we're, I'm, I'm looking for. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Mm. <laughs> if there is a minority government situation, my hope would be that um, the Liberals and the Conservatives would take a pragmatic approach to support each other for the next two years so that we can finally figure out this balance, get a climate change plan in place that can get agreement across the country, but also get some of the critical infrastructure built. And it's funny, the two of them are the pro-pipeline parties, they're the pro-LNG parties, they're the pro-development parties. And yeah, and that's what the majority of Canadians seem prepared to vote for. 70% of Canadians are saying that they're going to vote for one or the other. And yet, we may end up getting steered off that agenda by the extreme voices just because they happen to have won a few seats and hold the balance. And I don't think that's what Canadians want. I would agree. I mean, the big ticket items uh, really reside in the fact that there are people who are like-minded, and uh, hopefully we can cobble something productive together uh, going forward from tonight. Danielle, great to speak to you. I appreciate your time this yeah. afternoon. My pleasure. We'll talk to you again. You got it. Danielle Smith again is with Global News and a talk radio host at CHQR in Calgary. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.